the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. Well, hello there, Palm Springs and people who are listening from everywhere else. Welcome to episode 65 of I Love Gay Palm Springs. We have a big show for you and uh, the guy who makes this all happen for us. Please welcome my co-host for today, Brad Fur from the Gay Desert Guide. Thank you, Shan. I appreciate it. And you and I are, um, are, are handling it uh, solo or bio. I'm not sure which one we would say. I think bio is, is the way today. We've lost our third for the day. John Taylor is, uh, is helping us engineer today, but uh, he's, uh, he's away. And so you and I are going to take control of this beast and see what we can do. The I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast sponsored in part by DAP Health Center, a new advertiser. During COVID-19, Desert AIDS Project innovates with free at-home self-HIV tests that can be mailed to you. Testing has never been easier with DAP's self-test. It's a simple test, gives you the information you need to know about your HIV status. DAP's HIV self-test can be picked up or mailed to your home. To receive your free HIV self-test, go to desertaidsproject.org and click on the banner. Self-tests are saliva-based and take about 20 minutes for you to get your results. Um, If you're not comfortable leaving the information, they do have a phone number that you can call. So you've got a couple different ways uh, to get the test. You can also pick it up at Desert AIDS Project. Again, DAP, DesertAidsProject.org is the place to get your DAP self-test today. All right, Shan, I think we are ready to go with today's show. I think we are. Um, We have a whole bunch of guests coming on today. We have Dr. Laura Rush. And um, who has been with us for since April, I think. And we thank her so much for her input every week. I hear all the time how much people like to tune in to hear what Dr. Rush has got going on. Then we've got Jimmy Bogle from the Coachella Valley Independent. He is has also been a staple with us on the podcast for a long time. And he's been putting out the Daily Digest, which has all the news and interesting updates about local stuff and really a, a premier publication in the Coachella Valley. And then a little bit later, we have um, David Gray, who is part of creating the LGBTQ History and Archives uh, project, and it is the first day of Gay History Month, so we thought he would be the the perfect show-up guy for that. Then we have Craig Ramsey, who is a fitness expert, and uh, he's also working with the DAP, or no, he's working with front runners, or yes, yeah, front runners, front runners. Okay, so and and are the front runners and walkers are participating also in AIDS Walk, right? Some of those things overlap. So we've got a little. We, we've got a little bit of overlap because the guest, Craig is a fitness expert. He does TV, he does books, he does all kinds of stuff. He just moved here to the desert. So I can't wait to hear what it is he's got to say. And then uh, third, we have Daryl Tucci from the Desert AIDS Project, DAP. And uh, he's going to give us a big update on, on what they're doing and their upcoming walk and all that kind of stuff. So we're off and running for today's podcast. So first up of our guests, our regular one of our, I was about to say our favorite, but I would get spanked for that. One of our favorites, please welcome from the Coachella Valley Independent, Jimmy Bogo. How's it going? It's morning. It is morning. I've got my coffee. My Dodgers won last night. I I'm, I'm th- think things are decent. Things are decent. So, Well, it is the first day of LGBT History Month. It is also the 1st of October as we record this, 2020. And how many days till the election? Well, let's see. Thirty-one 30? plus four oh. would be thirty-five. Oh, I thought 35. it was thirty-three. Thirty-five. Yeah. You still got thirty. <laughs> oh, it feels exhausting. Wait, no, I it's just... November. It's November. What is the fourth? November fourth. I've only written it down thirty billion times in in stories. Well, whatever. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's November third. It's November third. So thirty-four days. Thirty-three days. Thirty-three days. It's too long, uh, darn it! Too long. So. Oh God, I just I. So let's touch it for a second. Did you watch the debate? Yes. Did you I get to the end? I got yes. through the end. I had to take a couple breaks, but it was um one of the most appalling things I've ever seen. <laughs> It was grueling. It was unbearable. I had a little thread on Facebook with a bunch of friends, like 190 comments back and forth, and most of them were throw-up emojis. 
Well, there, we, there's been a lot of talk about civility um, for obvious reasons. And I think that this really showed a lack of civility. I mean, the, the incumbent president was running roughshod over Joe Biden. He was running roughshod over Chris Wallace. And whatever you think of politics and whatever you think of positions, that's not how you should come to a debate. That's not how you should come to something that's supposed to be a civil discussion of the issues facing our country. That was a debacle, and it was embarrassing. And it was embarrassing around the world. It really was. The and second it was over. Political I, thing. This is, sorry, no, this is not a political thing. This is about how you treat other people. And it was just appalling. Yeah. I, I keep thinking that everything is going to be that last thing. Every, how, many, how many months have we been going, oh, he can't come back from this? They're just... I, I immediately turned to Fox News as soon as it was over because I had to hear how they were going to interpret that. And they were like, well, a victorious, you know, debate for the president. He was strong and assertive and aggressive. And <sighs> yep. Yeah. Why did yeah. I do that? I, I likened it to um, to really the, the feelings I had as I watched the, the, the towers go down on September 11th. Oh. I had that, I really had that reaction in my stomach. I had to take a Xanax during the, I wasn't drinking, uh, but I did take a it Xanax was. during it. it was, don't believe it was you. Absolutely killing totally me. No, don't I was believe not. You. How? Why? I'm, I'm on what? antibiotics. I can't drink oh. right now. So that, I was going to say, are you pregnant? What the hell? <laughs> it was, it was, but that's the feeling. I, I, I literally had that feeling that, that just that pit of my stomach, you know, just, uh, I can't believe this is happening kind of thing. Um, wow. Yeah. All right. Should we go on to uh, better topics? I think Jimmy, well, uh, is COVID any better? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're related, unfortunately, but yeah. I know. COVID, um, you know, we're, we're a week into our reopening. Um, numbers are holding steady. We'll see how that holds. I admit to a little bit of skepticism based on some of the things I've seen in the community. But, um, you know, my, my, my hope is that we can at least maintain um, being in this level um, of reopening, which means our numbers are okay, are decent. They're pretty good. They're as good as they've been since probably uh, May, um, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able to stay here. But you know what? A lot of people are, um, and businesses are are running roughshod and taking advantage of this. Um, you know, I was I went to dinner at a restaurant which I will not name over the weekend that had a lovely patio, but they were also open for indoor dining as they could be. And the rules, and I don't, I don't know all the specifications and guidelines, but the rules right now are 25% of your capacity. I don't know if <laughs> the rules determine where those tables are within your 25% capacity, but this, this particular restaurant had a set of six booths, and all six of the booths, like they're right next to each other, were all filled. And, you know, granted, they had high top, high seats and whatever, but the way ventilation works and everything, and it was a very well-ventilated, well uh, you know, room at this restaurant, but things like that worry me. I mean, I just yeah. don't know why people are doing things like that. You know, I, I understand restaurants, you know, want to get as many people in there as they can, especially on a busy weekend. And let me tell you, things are busy. I tried to get a table tonight at 849, a restaurant that is doing it right, by the way, from all the times I've been there. And I believe um, we ended up taking a five o'clock reservation because that's all there was until like after eight o'clock. So clearly people are going out. People are enjoying this um, 109 degree weather we still have and we'll see how it goes. But as of now, knock on wood, our numbers are still good. Our hospitalizations are as low as they've been since May. Um, the positivity rate, which by the way, we would not be in the red tier right now if the Coachella Valley were its own county because our positivity rate is still in the 9% range according to the wow. county. Um, but I'm hoping we can maintain this, but we'll see. Well, Jimmy, what about the movement to um, open up the county, basically just thumbing our nose at the state rules and, uh, and having the county uh, overrule the state? What are your thoughts on that, and where are we with that? Well, it, it, well there, there will be a vote on it next week, from what I understand, um, and I think it'll be close. It was a three-to-two vote uh, last week when it came up to reconsider it, so you 
you know, we'll see what happens. Last time this, this came up, uh, or a similar issue came up, not the last time, but when the similar mask issue came up, uh, once it was clear that there were three votes, you know, our, our um, the district four supervisor, uh, Manny Perez, voted yes, even though he says he disagreed with it, which still doesn't make sense to me. But we'll see how it goes. It really depends what you value. Do you value COVID safety or do you value economic prosperity? And it depends where you fall on that scale. I personally value both of them. And I think that, that, that if we reopen too soon, we reopen everything, all restaurants are allowed to be full. I think that a lot of people are going to get sick and that's going to hurt our economy. That's how I personally feel. But yeah. you know, there are a lot of people that feel the other way and we'll, we'll see what happens um, next week and we'll see what kind of ugly consequences we have. So we got your daily digest last night. It came out and I read my way through it. You want to like grab one other topic right now before we drag Laura out of the waiting room to join us. One other thing that was a jaw dropper because there were a handful of jaw droppers in last night's digest. Well, I don't know if this is a jaw dropper, but um, given Laura's a sports fan like I am, I think that, you know, sports keep reminding us of two things, in my opinion, even if you're not a sports fan. Number one is this virus is a dangerous motherfucker, excuse my language, um, but if you take precautions, if you have a lot of testing, um, you can minimize the um, effect of it. You know, on one hand, the baseball playoffs are going on. I'm a big Los Angeles Dodgers fan. I'm a big baseball fan. I didn't think there was any way in hell they were going to get through a 60-game season. But after two huge outbreaks, they did. We're in the playoffs now, and I'm happy about that. Yet, on one hand, you know, the University of Hawaii football team had to shut down practice yeah. because they had an outbreak. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, they just announced this morning, the game is postponed this entire week. They're going to yeah. try to reschedule it later in the season because they've had two more positive tests. I believe that brings it up to 11 Titans players and coaches or personnel that, that have the virus. And so it's sports keep reminding us, you know, sports are often a, a give you a glimpse into society as we saw with the Black Matters protests and how they really drove a lot of what after what happened in Kenosha um, yeah. that summer. And sports are showing us that COVID can be managed, but it can be dangerous and scary as well. Okay, so let's go drag Dr. Laura Rush into the dugout with us while we're talking. She's going to be crushed. All right, we were talking sports without her, and it started to make me feel really bad. So now we have dragged Dr. Laura Rush into the dugout with us. And uh -huh. hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> hey, girl. Are you talking Congrats about my Yankees? Yankees. Congrats <laughs> on your Yankees. <laughs> What's a Yankee? <laughs> it's been a couple of days since I've been able to stream some baseball, so I'm I'm out of the loop right now. So well, you'll, you'll be happy to see. It's back on and it's off, and it's back on and it's off. But you know, we're getting to see what we get to see. <laughs> Football's the one that's hurting, right? Football, God help football. Yeah, um, we'll see what happens, but it's not good. So. Um, Jimmy was giving us a little update on some of the numbers and stuff, but give us your spin. You know, looking at the numbers that I saw, we're, we're still trending down, but there's a lot of caution. So we're starting to see other parts of the country starting to see little spikes, little blooms of it again. I know New York City, a couple of neighborhoods in New York, back in Brooklyn where my family is, they're starting to see some spikes. So different parts of the country are starting to see spikes. So they're worried about it kind of making a second appearance you know, Governor Newsom's doing everything he can. He's trying to still go very, very slowly, listen to the science and not so much the pressure. Um, I'm sure everyone saw that, you know, Disney has had to lay off well, like yeah. 28,000 people now. And the and, airlines. And they're blaming, you know, that due to the pressure to slow reopenings in California. But I mean, you know, Disney would be probably the last place I would go to right now. So, yeah. Right. Although there's, 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 there's rumors, sorry, that, that as soon as today, they might actually release the long-awaited guidelines to reopen theme parks because they've been open for months in Florida and yeah. we'll see what happens. But I, I think we'll actually be seeing some theme park reopenings relatively soon. I really do. <laughs> it is hard. Nobody is taking right. any advice from Florida on anything. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but who would do that? Oh, Florida scares me. I lived there for 12 weeks and I knew that it's a great place to vacation, but now it is, is not the time for a vacation, right? I don't even I was, know. Go ahead. 
Is it, I they do everything kind of backwards there. <laughs> yeah, I used to visit there back in the 80s when I was in Michigan, and it was a great respite for the winter. I'd go down and visit the grandparents for a week or so, mm -hmm. and that humidity and that sunshine and those alligators just made me happy. <laughs> and those palmetto bugs. <laughs> <laughs> you have to cover anyway. your pool. My God. I did the same thing. I went down to my grandparents at a place down there. I would go and hang out with on my spring break because my parents wouldn't allow me to go on an official spring break. Yeah. I was not to be trusted. So I went with my, my elderly Italian grandparents and they probably drank more than my friends in college, but. <laughs> God, right. My grandparents made yeah. bean Manhattans every <laughs> afternoon. They'd start about, you know, three or three thirty. It's like, this is better than happy hour back at college. No doubt you're asleep by happy hour while your friends are in college. <laughs> oh, but yeah. but Flor Florida not to be reckoned with when it comes to, you know, COVID. They're doing everything sort of ass backwards there. Yeah. So. I came out to my family at Disney World in Orlando, Florida in uh, 1984. Wow. It was our last family vacation. And uh, I told them, listen, I'm gay and I'm not coming home from Disney World. I'm going to stay here and find gay people. Um, and they gave me a couple of hundred bucks and flew home. And I called a cab and said, take me somewhere gay. And they took me to the Parliament House in Orlando, Florida. That was my very first. And imagine, that's like Disney World, the Parliament House of gay. And uh, so. So brave. Right? Well, no, just stupid. I didn't, I didn't have the sense to be, you know, intimidated. I still lack the common sense to be afraid of a lot of things. <laughs> Including bees. Including bees, clearly. No, that was You're not consensual. Intrepid. You're intrepid. Wow, great. Uh, I'm putting that on my business card. So what else is go. going on, Jimmy Bogle? What else is happening? Well, we've also, um, I, I, I fear that the presidential debacle election is kind of overshadowing the fact that we have local elections right now. Um, we just, uh, at CV Independent, posted interviews with all five of the candidates for the two Indio City Council seats in the latest in our uh, candidate Q&A series, but it's important to know, you know, ballots are being mailed out right now. Um, and there's a lot of down ballot measures. There's a lot of ballot propositions. And so I think people, you know, to be properly civic minded, need to do some research and need to start studying. Um, and we at the independent will help as we can, um, but need to start studying what else is on the ballot because these are some important decisions, you know. Um, you know, on the on the state ballot, you've got a lot of ballot questions. I'm sure you've all seen the dialysis commercial, and um, you know, of course, you've got the the question that I'm actually torn on, frankly, regarding um, the the gig apps and the independent workers, um, yeah, and and which way to go on that. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of uh, you know taxes are on the ballot. There's a lot of important questions and a lot of important races that can affect you and your your neighborhoods. You know, eight of the nine cities right now are going to be in the Coachella Valley are having city council elections. Rancho Mirage, because they're Rancho Mirage, they already did theirs earlier this year. But, you know, we're all going to have some decisions to make. There are some heated races here in Palm Springs. Yes. Right? Uh, you know, Chris, the Christy Holstage uh, yeah. race with Mike McCullough and um, Diane Torres, I believe is her name, is the other candidate. That's getting heated. Um, there's one in Cathedral City uh, with um, Alan Carvalho and uh, Rita Lamb, I believe, uh, in that's, that's a little bit crazy. So yeah, there are some seriously heated races out there. And, um, you know, your city council person, you know, these people, there's, you know, five people in most of these cities that are going to be determining a lot of things on how the, your tax money is spent, what happens in your neighborhoods. And it's important that you figure things out and figure out who to vote for because these decisions can literally affect you. Yeah. This is some tricky stuff. So what you're saying, which I had actually been wondering in the last couple of days, is when the heck is my ballot coming, right? I I'm gonna... Mine was being mailed, yes. So okay. I did too, I got a text alert. Yep. Oh, you did? I haven't received yeah. that, but I'm going yep. to cross-stitch my boat, my, you know, with yarn. I'm gonna cross-stitch <laughs> a little X and no, that'll I was gonna ask you all, how is everyone planning to vote? Are you all gonna do, you know, vote by mail or are you gonna go down? and drop it off or you're gonna go in person. I'm curious to what everyone's doing. I'm dropping mine off, I actually like it. I personally am gonna vote by mail. I, I think as long as it's early enough, because the, the good thing is California does have a system where you can check to make to see if your ballot has been received. So right. I'm going to actually vote, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it in the mail very, very quickly. So in case there are some delays in the postal service, which we know there have been, you'll get there in plenty of time. 
um, because I think that's what's important. And that's what a lot of the um, Republicans uh, in some states in, in a federal level as well are trying to do is cut down the amount of time after election day that these ballots, even if they're postmarked on election day or before can be counted. So, you know, not vote 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 often, but vote early. I think is an important lesson in solutions. Not vote often. Yeah, I, I keep getting those. Doesn't happen. So. Yeah, those notifications on social media. Are you registered to vote? And I was like, yeah. if there is a one single person on Facebook that is not registered to vote yet, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, and it's the cover. It's, it's everywhere. You you can't not register to vote. It's everywhere. I am hoping. I am. I am pinning my hope on the fact that more people vote this year than have voted in my lifetime in this country. It's and there's. It's true. If you can do it early, get your dang vote in. Like actually, four years ago, I didn't get my vote counted. Proper two years ago, in the midterm, I did not get my vote counted properly because I walked down there with. The I think it was the sample ballot I had filled out and I was coming to drop off my sample ballot and it was a sample ballot and I had thrown away the actual ballot. I went home, oh, no. I tore through everything. I had to go back and fill out all this stuff and you know, two months later, my vote was probably counted. So don't mess up, don't be lax. I wasn't paying enough attention. So it's There's important. a lesson there. There's a lesson there. If you do screw up and something happens, you can still vote. Go to a polling place and fill out what's called a provisional ballot. That's what Eventually I did. They, they're going to be the very last thing to be counted, right. but you still can vote even if even if it becomes a ridiculous set of of, of tragedies and and screw ups. You still can vote in that case, and so you can fill out a provisional ballot. And, and they will eventually check it and verify that they never received the other ballot. Your signature matches, it will get counted. There is a whole separate box. You have to go to the, I did not do my job right box and put your provisional ballot in that box. I can tell you that. It's kind of like a puppy with, with papers. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I feel it. Like I bring the whole thing in, I drop it off, and I put it right in the voting poll at the yeah. polling center. So I want hey, we're speaker. running a little short. Go ahead. We're running a little short of time, but I just wanted to uh, also, since we are talking current events with this group, uh, today is the 1st of October, and our high temperature today is going to match our highway number, which is 111. Amazing, and right? A, and there's a flex alert. There's another power alert, 3 to 10 p.m. today. So we'll have to turn off our laptops and have this episode in the can by then so we don't uh, put too much strain on the power grid. Here we are well into the triple digits in October. Yep. We're about to break a record for the number of 100 plus degree days in a year. 135, right? Yes, and if you if you look at the weather for the next 10 days, we're going to break that record by a lot. We are. Yep. I did yep. see it, and I got to say, it'll be the first time in 22 years since I've lived here that I will be able to swim in my pool into October. October 1st <laughs> is the first, the light, the latest I've ever been able to polar bear my way. Oh, I was swimming last night, and, and I'm like, here I am, you know, the end of September, in my pool at 10 o'clock last night. Me I'm like, too. this is glorious. I love this. Me. And, you know, I don't like the heat, but if I could get another three weeks out of my pool, I'm happy with that. I'm happy, too. We're looking at the sunny lining of this uh, heat wave. Listen, sorry to cut you guys short. Uh, Dr. Rush, thank you so much for always making time for us in your very busy morning. And Jimmy Vogel, we love you, love you, love you, love you. Thank, Thank you so much. One quick thing, I want to congratulate uh, John Taylor for being a finalist in the Best of Coachella Valley for Best Radio Show Host for this podcast. Um, I want to congratulate uh, Ms. Shan Carr for once again being our one of our Best Realtor finalists. Dr. Rush actually is one of our Best Doctor finalists this year. Oh so I had no idea. And, and, <laughs> And I and I don't actually vote. I don't actually vote. So clearly, the independent readers like what everyone here is doing. And so uh, congratulations, congratulations everyone! That's fantastic Excellent. news. Yay! So, thanks, everyone. Go vote at cbindependent.com. Yes. Thanks, right Jimmy. Thanks, you guys Dr. have Rush. a good weekend. Bye. Thanks, honey. Hello and welcome to David Gray. He is a local staple. We love him. And along with the representatives of the Palm Springs Historical Society and the Palm Springs Public Library, they have begun and he is leading the LGBTQ History and Archives of the Desert. They started last year. They're full, I mean, it's amazing what it is they're doing. So David, tell us a little bit about your project. Hi, 
Hi, everyone. How are you? Hi. Um, good to be here. Good morning, and, David. Uh, hi, Brad. Hi, Shan. Um, yeah, so uh, a few of us uh, kind of uh, got together. It kind of popped into my head during the 50th anniversary of Stonewall and all of the kinds of history stuff that was going on. And when I started talking to various people here in the desert, um, at the library, at the Historical Society, with Pride, and you know, the Tourism Bureau, et cetera, nobody seemed to have anything in one place about the history, uh, gay, gay and lesbian history of um, Palm Springs and the greater Coachella Valley. So um, I got a few people together last, uh, well, last summer, and um, we began this project. And um, of course, with COVID, we're kind of a little bit on hiatus here. Our plan had been to have our first exhibition uh, during Pride of this year, but right. obviously that's not going to happen. Um, we, we still, I suppose, could do it online, but we at this point aren't, aren't doing that. So yeah. what we really ended up doing was getting some people together um, and we put together a, a timeline that um, uh, begins kind of like Oh, the 40s and 50s, and then goes on through the present day. Um, so, um, and it really focuses on um, individuals and organizations um, that um, did something here in the Coachella Valley um, of a way to uh, promote um, what we think of today as Gay Palm Springs. But at the time, of course, the beginning um, it, it wasn't quite that way. So here's what we want. I mean, we're a piece of fluff, our little show. So give us some gossip. Tell us oh. something, a great little <laughs> right. detail like, from the... the past that we don't know. Right. So here's so, one, David. So fact... of course, you know, in doing this, you do end up um, finding all kinds of interesting tidbits. And, um, I, you know, um, there's lots of folklore out there, um, but, um, um, not really sure that that um, is um, all that beneficial. Um, if I click on something, am I gonna? Are you gonna lose? Do you still no. see? Me? No, no, we still see you. You're good. Okay. You're good. And David, so, one of the um, things that I want to ask about too, while you're looking at those things, is you know what is the first piece? You said it goes back to the 40s and 50s. So one of the things I also want to know is what is the first piece of recognizable LGBT history in Palm Springs, if you know that. Well, of course, there were gay celebrities who lived here in the 40s and 50s. So those are kind of the uh, first things. And, you know, when you say gay celebrity, you have to be kind of careful with that, that um, they actually um, uh, can, we can actually prove that they were, uh, have some documentation and that they were gay and lesbian and, and not just hearsay. So, so those mm -hmm. are kind of the early things. But um, by the early 60s, um, bars um, were advertising um, in some national publications um, wow. that um, they were gay friendly. Um, so, like, the first, so the first two bars that we know know of that advertised were in like 1962 and 63. Um, and they were um, on Palm Canyon. One was called the Amato Beer Bar and one was the Dollhouse. Now we know that they were straight, owned and operated. And they were sort of, rest one was a restaurant as well as a bar. But they had been advertised in these gay publication directories as places that you could go to, quote, meet people. Um, so, um, and then, um, by the mid sixties, um, most of the time, um, homosexuality was mentioned in newspapers the, as sort of somebody arrested or a bar being raided or things like that. And the local paper, the Desert Sun, um, really only mentioned things like that through a, uh, a story from Reuters or, or, or Associated Press or something like that, nothing local. Um, um, but um, 
by 1967 and 68, 69, um, there were articles about homosexuality and what it meant and that people were coming out and so forth and so on. And um, a pastor of the Metropolitan Community Church of Hollywood came to Palm Springs to speak to the Rotarians in 1969 Ooh. about homosexuality. So that would have been um, about the same time as Stonewall in New York. And that's kind of one of the very first things um, that we have where um, it wasn't just sort of hearsay kind of thing. So will there be a permanent physical space in, in your hopes? Was there to be a, a space for this? Well, our idea um, it was, is, is, was and is twofold. Um, the Historical Society, which has an archival storage um, area at the Wellwood Murray Memorial Library downtown, which currently is closed, um, will be the keeper of actual artifacts or things that people might donate to us. And the library would be sort of um, the electronic uh, place where people could access materials. Resource, so, right? Sort of a resource, yes. Yeah. Um, as far as a permanent uh, building or display or anything like that, at this point, n probably not, although, um, you know, that could be a long range thing. Until we actually have a lot of stuff, um, we wouldn't really actually need or have much to advertise. So we're not uh, planning like a wax museum of rock Hudson. No, 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 nothing like that. And most of what we have is really um, what you would consider um, articles, newspapers, um, photographs, things like that, which you can document history, but they're not actually um, things. tchotchkes or things like that. Um, right. We do have a few things that were given um, that were from like the Palm Springs Leather Order of the Desert. So we are looking for those kinds of things. I guess the first gay rights protest in Palm Springs happened in 1977 when it was um, protesting Anita Bryant. Um, oh, yes. So, so yes. We, we believe that's the first time there was a protest organized. And um, it had to do with the Briggs Initiative. and. Right. But the year before that, Christine Georgensen, um, who was the first American woman to publicly sort of announce her gender reassignment surgery, was a guest speaker at the Palm Desert Women's Club luncheon in La Quinta. Um, That's pretty that, progressive for that, that, that era. Yes, it pretty was. But she was a celebrity, and um, the local uh, women, uh, you know, wanted to hear her book hear her and buy her book. So that's amazing. I would say thank you uh, for being on today. This is the first day of LGBT History Month, and that's why we wanted to have you on. I love you so much, David Gray. Thank you so much for everything you do here. Please kiss your husband, yep. Stephen, and we okay. love you, love you, love you. Have a great day, everyone. You too, Dave. Okay, well, bring us into the home stretch as we've been talking about sports and activity and walking and running. We have Daryl Tucci from the Desert AIDS Project, and they've got their Desert AIDS Walk coming up. And we have Craig Ramsey, a recent transplant from Canada. He is a fitness expert, an author, a TV host, a personality, and he's working with the front runners and walkers. We're all walking. We're running. He's also got some shows coming up because he's not just some pretty Jim Bunny. He's also got all kinds of creative skills. So we'd like to welcome you both to this show. Hello. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Craig, well, we don't know it's really think. good to see you. I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't think I've seen you much since Pride. You were the, um, you were the uh, Grand Marshals of Pride, I believe, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. You know, it's it's tough to even know. I keep being asked that, and I don't know if it's two, three, four. Oh, um, which I is, can't remember. Which is a good which is such a good uh, feeling because ultimately I've, I've been involved uh, with Palm Springs for years and heavily involved ever since uh, being a, a Grand Marshal for the Pride. So thank you for uh, that, making that happen too. See, they just wanted you to move here. So they hooked you with the little honor thing first. Yeah. Once you ride down the street in a convertible with people screaming and waving, you buy a condo and then a house. Yeah, pretty much. Through I know a lot of 
Yeah, and I know a lot of people have second homes here in uh, from LA, uh, you know, having a home here right. in Palm Springs. But Brandon and I chose to move here full time um, before the pandemic hit, which ultimately was the best decision of our life. Yeah, lockdown in the swimming pool is a heck of a lot easier to take. I'm worried about the winter. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about the first event. Yeah, well, let's talk about uh, the first event first, which is Desert AIDS Walk. And Daryl Tucci from Desert AIDS Project is joining us as well as we uh, are doing things virtually this year. Daryl, tell us about how Desert AIDS Project is, um, is, is kind of adapting to this, uh, to this new world with uh, virtual Desert AIDS Walk. Thank you, Brad. Uh, thank you, Shan. I appreciate you both having me back again. It's been a month or two, and it's nice to see your faces this morning. Thank you. Um, as you all know, because you've been participating in the Desert AIDS Walk for years, it's been around for uh, 30 or so years now. And <clears throat> every year, uh, thousands of people across the valley and beyond come together to not only raise money for our mission, but to uh, be a bold, visible sign that HIV and AIDS are not over um, in our community. The challenge we will have this year is obviously with the second part of that, right? Uh, we cannot all convene in a single park together and walk a single route safely uh, during COVID. But the truth of the matter is, even though we always came together in that beautiful park uh, for this big festival and then walk, the walk has never really been about the big balloons and the entertainment on the stage, right? It's been about this community coming together, uh, stepping forward, registering to walk, raising its money to support the care and services at DAP. So that's what we're asking people to do. And then we're asking people to safely on October 23rd and 24th to go out in either by yourself if you're most comfortable or with your spouse or with a chosen group of friends and socially distant and either walk the primary route through downtown as we've always done and that exact map is on our website um, or one of seven others across the valley that may be more convenient to you. And, Thank you, Shan, because Shan came in with an additional route for us this year um, as she mapped out uh, what the same distance walk would be around the Duluth Park neighborhood. So appreciate that, Shan. Yeah, Duluth Park, we're trying to get into the game. So we're very excited to be included. Oh, thanks. Well, we're thrilled to have you. So the that's sort of how we pivoted. You know, I would just plug that the, you know, for me, you know, I've been walking in AIDS walks since the mid-90s, um, anywhere across the country I've lived. And, you know, I've always walked in memory of the people I lost when I was a child, you know, long before I'd ever come out as a gay man. And, you know, once I came out, I then found myself walking in solidarity with the friends in my life who lived with HIV. And I still walk for both of those reasons. But now during COVID, I also found myself walking to help uh, this community with this pandemic as uh, Desert AIDS Project has put itself right on the front line of helping mitigate the impact in this community. So uh, we're walking to end two epidemics uh, this year, not just one. And uh, we need the you know our neighbors' support in order to keep doing the incredible work we're doing. Desert AIDS Project was on the front really quickly um, with testing for COVID. I mean, right out of the gate, as soon as anybody could get it, you guys got it, and that I mean. For a lot of people, the difference between being able to go to DAP for that and being able to go to CVS, like, you know, we, it is amazing for our community to take care of itself. We're very grateful to DAP for that. Thank you. You know, I, I'm, I'm proud to be there, obviously, as an employee. I'm also proud to be there as a donor. And uh, we did. We opened a COVID clinic within a week. And it's been operating every day. We're opening since. Uh, we've now tested and treated, you know, thousands of people through that clinic. Uh, we've also delivered goods to our most vulnerable patients and clients who can't leave the home in terms of food and toiletries to keep them safe. Yeah. And uh, have launched telemedicine for medical care, behavioral health care, so that folks can stay connected if they're not feeling comfortable or have been directed to not leave their home. Uh, so we are doing everything we can to keep the several thousand people we care for healthy. And I will just give you a little tidbit. I don't have an exact date or exactly how we'll decide who um, and how we will test. Uh, but the new 15 minutes or so test is on its way. And wow. Desert AIDS Project will be one of the places that will be able to provide that viral Fantastic. test. Amazing. Fantastic. So I also want to say to Craig that COVID, HIV, any one of these crazy viruses that we are struggling to keep a handle on, all of them are tougher on people with underlying conditions. And being fit and being healthy and exercising you are part of 
the first line of defense. And I know you're working with front runners and walkers to do um, some event. Talk to us about that, how you're involved. Yeah, th well, thank you for having me today. And uh, Daryl, thank you for the work that you're doing and the support for the community. Uh, it's one of the main reasons why I felt uh, that Palm Springs was a safe haven for uh, 10 years that I've known it and why I moved here as a permanent resident. So thank you all. Uh, yeah, when the pandemic hit, um, I am human. I too had all of my fears. Uh, I started eating way too many carbs. I, you know, emotional eating. Uh, I'm a relatable trainer and I always have been. And, uh, but I had to pull it together and I had to have some balance. And um, my first message out there was take care of yourself and your family um, with your necessities before you eat, you start stressing yourself out with uh, you know, the COVID-19 pounds and worry about, um, you know, your physique because that's ego driven during these times. And that doesn't exist anymore, in my opinion. Um, so with staying healthy, with staying active, the number one exercise program worldwide is walking and jogging, putting your body into simple motion. But a lot of people don't feel welcomed into to that kind of sport, if you will. It's very intimidating, especially community and groups um, and the front runners in Palm Springs. Uh, a genius that they included walkers as well. So it's front runners, uh, Palm Springs front runners and walkers. Yeah. And walking is such a hot, amazing benefit for both your mind and your health, especially during these COVID um, times. It gets you outside. Um, I know that there's a lot of restrictions with the air quality and such. So I've been covering that with takeovers on uh, the Palm Springs front runners, uh, social media accounts, but there's lots of stuff that we can do exercise wise to prepare for a race that is in advance. And this year, uh, you know, making lemonade out of, um, lemons with a virtual race similar to what Daryl's explaining the fact that everyone worldwide can do this but what's so special is Palm Springs is the most inclusive environment I think of any city and it's inviting the whole world to not only see our city but also to partake in health and wellness with support. I have walked uh, I walked for a couple of years with uh, uh, the walkers they leave at Mizell right they leave out of Mizell every single morning. I think they're just at the time where they can switch to 8 instead of 7.30, which is too early to be out walking with strangers and trying to speak to them, even from this far. But that is a group of nearly 100 men and four women who uh, walk every single day. It is social even when distance. They are amazing here in this town. Wow, that's really inspiring. Now, let me ask you, why are there only four women? What, what's that balance about? This town is not a great mixer. We're trying, we're working on it, but it is oh, not we're, a great We're changing that. And that's what I think is genius about um, the, the, this year's with it being virtual. It's such a great opportunity to understand and utilize social media. Listen, everyone looks at my page and they think, oh, he just loves it and all that. No, social media is a pain in the butt, let me tell you, <laughs> yes, even it for is. me. Yeah, and it is. Palm Springs has hesitations, I think, because you know it's new age and all this, but if we use it wisely, it can bring us together, especially during lonely times like this. So one of my initiatives is to reach out to, um, to our allies, especially during all of this with, the, with Trump times. Uh, we feel so alone and left out here. And to, to know that we have the support of people worldwide that want and recognize that Palm Springs has such diversity is really motivating too. And I have to say that that's really, uh, I've just been heart driven with the outreach uh, from people. So I, I love the honesty that you're saying how it's divided, but like, like you, my initiative is completely to bring them together. I already got a I already got a good 10 um, people joined last week, 10 women in this community that I just moved into. So we're doing it. Just to be clear, there are two events that are happening here. And so I want to make sure we talk about both of them. One is the front runners and front walkers. And Craig, you're representing them today. And that's happening. That's our, the, typically that happens over Pride weekend. And we're doing all that virtually this year. And Craig, you're the spokesperson for that. And uh, thank you so much for reaching out. And then Daryl Tucci for Desert AIDS Project with the Desert AIDS Walk. 
which is coming up on October 23rd and 24th. So this is, you know, these two things, along with other, you know, walking and other exercise events and other ways to get out and keep active are, um, I think these two are just kind of the, the underpinnings of what you might do, people watching today, to, um, to maybe make some lifestyle changes and to get out and to make, because it does, we, we've talked about this, it helps your mental state, it helps your mental condition, it gets you meeting other people in our community, it mixes men with women. Yeah, there's so many benefits uh, to, to getting out and walking or running either in a structured setting like this or just uh, randomly. We thank you both for coming. We thank you for the work. Did you have something you want to wrap up with, Daryl? I I would just say if you haven't uh, done so yet to uh, register today, it's at www.desertaidswalk.org. And if you can't join us to walk, feel free to make a donation to anybody else who's walking uh, to support. Like Brad or Shan or Craig, or myself, because we're all walking, and whoever's listening should too. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I will miss being able to host it. I, I was happy to uh, volunteer to host the AIDS Walk a couple of times with Bella DeBall, and I will miss that communion and the community, but I think that feeling that we're all doing it together, apart, really big deal. Last word from you, Craig. Well, here everyone has two opportunities to be held accountable. And that, that's a main thing right now uh, that keeps us going is the community support. So I encourage you to do the Desert AIDS Walk, of course, warm up with that one and then join us for the Pride uh, Weekend one, November 6th to 8th. And I wanna mention that because it happens over Pride Weekend and it's virtual, people can break it up as they see fit, literally as they see fit and capable. Like. My mom with fibromyalgia in Canada is joining us and she's aiming for one mile a day, which will add up to 5K. So it's all inclusive. Uh, Go to palmspringspriderun.com and uh, please sign up. $20 gets you registered. If you want, $30 gets you a mask as well. $40 gets you a mask and t-shirt. Ooh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you get a mask and matching underpants. It was a little... That, that as well. Here we go. Layer. Let's see. Yay. Know your audience. Good man. Does, does, the, does the $20 get me as fit as you are by just participating in one event? No, it gets you... Uh, just head over to PS Front Runners for free because I did a, a little campaign. I said, okay, shirts off for registra- 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 um, registrations, please. Um, although I didn't have any takers. So Daryl, I need you to go over there and please support me. On All that. right. Hey, Craig, <laughs> Craig, will you do our Man Crush Monday for us to help promote the walk and, uh, and the run? Of course, uh, Good. what is needed of me. We will uh, Probably something without a shirt. All right, we can do that. Oh. Here we go, we can do it right now. <laughs> oh my there God, you thank go. you. We'll take me this. Too, we'll make sure. Get, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> more, more, more. Craig, thank you so much. Daryl, thank you so much for joining us today on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. We'll have you both back, and we really appreciate your time today thank and are you. happy to cross promote what you're doing. Thank Thanks you for both. Appreciate it. Bye, guys. And now to tell us what the heck is going on around here, we've got Brad Fur, who is our gay desert guy. Give us the update, Brad. What's happening? Well, we've already talked about a lot of great things happening in our community, including LGBT History Month, and we've got the Front Runners and Front Walkers and Desert AIDS Project. So all of that can be found at gaydesertguide.com. Our big events calendar uh, keeps you up to date on everything. Our newsletter comes out. Uh, every Thursday, late in the day or early Friday, depending on my mood, uh, and we make sure and let people know what's going on. Shan, I really wanted to talk about this big gay celebrity game night benefiting. We were talking about uh, 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 clubs that have numbers in them. This was Club 1220. Uh, tell us, and, and I know that's coming up next Tuesday the 6th, right? Tuesday the 6th at 7 p.m., we are hosting our first celebrity game. And there was a bar, there is a bar in Walnut Creek, which is a suburb of San Francisco. It's been open for 42 years. And you know that it's an old bar because it's back when everything was just named a number. 1220, my first gay bar was 927. What was your first gay bar? Yeah, I don't remember the number. (laughs) Something with a number, (laughs) though, right? They usually didn't have. So anyway, this bar was owned by a family for 42 years. And recently, a couple of the entertainers who've been performing there for 20 years bought the bar from the family. Unfortunately, they bought it in January, and they're, 
you know, there's been no business since that. So a bunch of the comedians that I worked with in the 90s, they did entertainment there all the time. We grew up, we grew our comedy careers when being a com gay comedian was new and yep. they supported us. So six of us are going to play one of our Gay Desert Guide games from Fun and Games Department. Brad has donated the space to these people for the evening. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. You can get a $10 ticket. Uh, actually, we're just going to put out a promo through Gay Desert Guide GDG50 is half off the ticket price to just be in the studio audience and watch these comedians. We even put out some questions, a hundred queer people were surveyed so that, you know, we're not asking gay people, surveying them of what a bunch of other people said. It, we're, I'm really excited to be able to put our feet into this. Very I excited. Tuesday Absolutely night, seven o'clock, Gay Desert Guide, check it out. All right, Shan, you'll be hosting that. GDG50 gets you half off. And of course, do make additional donations to help them out when that event comes up next Tuesday. And then we've got the big bears are coming together, the big gay bear hunt, virtual speed dating with IBC, the International Bear Convergence. That is Saturday, October the 10th. We also have some other events, uh, theater chat, CV Rep is doing that. Um, we also have the men event with the uh, fun and games department this Sunday doing contemporary queers at MoMA. That is a virtual tour. Our friends at Brothers of the Desert, who we had on last week's I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, presenting Burden. And that is this Saturday, October the 3rd at 4 p.m. So all the events and activities that are going on uh, in Greater Palm Springs all here at GayDesertGuide.com, and you can subscribe to our newsletter. I do think that you also have listed uh, coming up here, uh, the Women's Jazz Festival has a special concert this weekend. You are correct. That is happening this weekend as well with Lucy and Gail. So we will have that. That, of course, is a featured event on our website. You can go to the events page of Gay Desert Guide and figure all that out. There's actually an Agua Caliente job fair to let people know about and a vice presidential debate pre-show with Miss Richfield next week. So we have just thousands of things happening, uh, even through COVID-19, and all can be found on our website. Thanks again to you, Shan, today, and to John Taylor, who's been silently uh, uh, recording our podcast today, and to all of our guests for the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Gay Palm Springs and on the homepage of GayDesertGuide.com.